Hey, Podmod Bods, welcome back to another episode of Podge with Modcast. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by a few excellent sponsors. First up, Obsidian Sound, the mixing and mastering services provided by Nathan Moody. Have you recently finished a, a track or even a full album? Do you need some mixed notes? Do you need some mixing done? Do you need it mastered? Head over to obsidiansound.net and uh, get a hold of Nathan Moody. He recently mastered my new album that'll be coming out in late September, and uh, I'm very excited about it. He did a great job. It was an uh, it was a very delightful, quick, and easy process to work with Nathan on that, and uh, he delivered the goods. Uh, I had a reasonably good mix, and uh, it sounded pretty good pre-mastering, but oh man, did it come alive once I got it back from Nathan. Um, it is a dark art, and he is a he is a masterful wizard. So head over to obsidiansound.net if you want to learn more. And if you tell him that I sent you his way, you might find yourself a little discount in that uh, that shopping cart. <sighs> is that how you say that? I want to thank Suna, uh, our buddies from Monterey, Mexico, for sending in this track that you've been listening to uh, throughout this intro. Um, the track is also called Suna, S-O-O-N-A, and it's off their album called Volume 1, which I'm enjoying very much. It's pretty crunchy. Um, so please go to suna.bandcamp.com, and if you want to uh, send me some stuff to listen to, I would love that. The best way to get it played on the show is just send me a download code uh, for Bandcamp. And this track that you hear fading in now is from our buddy Mousy Magazine. You may remember him from the live in New Orleans episode. Um, this song is called Crash, and it's off his upcoming album, Life on a Leaf. It is yet to be released, but he has some other good stuff that is already released. So go check out mousymagazine.bandcamp.com and keep an eye out for Life on a Leaf. Also, Patchworks, our local synth shop here in Seattle, uh, they have a great online store. They've got used and consignment and new gear, and it's not just uh, it's not just modular stuff. They've got Electron stuff and Moog stuff and, you know, all the goods. So please go to patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. And if you don't live in Seattle and you end up picking something up uh, because you heard about it on the show, I'd love to hear what you got um also want to take a minute man i'm just like i was saying last week keeping up with uh needham woodworks instagram and seeing the progress being made on the current batches of of lovely wooden handcrafted uh synthesizer cases and i know one of them's mine and i'm not going to ask which one because i want to i don't want to see a picture of it i just want it to show up um i'm so excited and it's, it's just going to be like, it's going to be probably the nicest piece of furniture in my house. I'm looking around right now. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the nicest piece of furniture in the house. So if you want an awesome uh, Eurorack case that looks unlike any other because he doesn't have a form factor. He doesn't, he doesn't just mass produce. He, each one is different and has its own characteristic. And if you listen to the episode we did with him uh, a few months back, you can tell that he really puts his heart and soul into it and that that matters you can really tell the difference so you're not going to find a needham woodworks case in ikea i tell you that um 
go to needhamwoodworks.com, N-E-E-D-H-A-M, woodworks.com to learn more. Um, also, keep an eye out on his Instagram and social media. He's going to be launching uh, like a sister company pretty soon, but I'll just, I'll just tease you with that a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, I cannot wait. Cannot wait to get that. Let's uh, check out this, this song called uh, Gold Dust from uh, Scott Metoyer. Meteor? Meteor. I'm so sorry. M-E-T-O-Y-E-R. It's from an upcoming, actually just recently released EP called Via Negativa. Via Negativa. Man, I am so bad with words. Go check out scottmetoyer.bandcamp.com to uh, learn more about this release. Oh, and a fun fact about this release, it was mastered by Nathan Moody at obsidiansound.net. So, uh, yeah. Um, how are you all doing? Today, as you probably saw in the, uh, the episode title, we have another repeat guest, which I'm having fun with the repeat guests. I hope you guys are enjoying that. But we have uh, Ben Wilson, a.k.a. Div Kid. And uh, Ben and I had a nice little uh, Skype chat for about an hour and a half before we recorded this because he's coming out to Seattle in October for Modular Seattle and Patchworks Presents Velocity. And uh, so he, he wanted to get a hold of me and just kind of chat about, you know, who's here. And, and you know, we kind of were spitballing ideas of how to best spend his time because he's going to be here for a week. So if you want to meet Ben Divkid Wilson and you're in the Pacific Northwest, I highly recommend you come out to uh, Velocity, which will be uh, October 5th at Substation. Um it's all day. It's a trade show. It's a synth meet. It's workshops. It's performances. Um, and the lineup is stacked. It's, it's crazy. Um, Banahafar, Basic, R. Benny, Dark Sparkler, Donald Cronk, Eric Schlappy, and much, much more. Um, Nathan Moody is going to be here. Uh, and Annie. There's going to be, yeah, presentations by Ann Annie and Nathan Moody and Div Kid. And there's going to be a live modular modcast. And, uh, Ben is gonna co-host with me so um yeah so we were chatting about that and then we decided let's let's just record something since we're we're chatting and uh I thought it would be fun to try to just see where the conversation went and not talk about Eurorexons let's just talk to let's just share some stories so yeah we just kind of went round and round and then we talked about uh at the end we talked about Ben and Ed Ball's new uh podcast called esoteric modulation if you haven't checked that out and uh you know you, you've had your you're, you're caught up on pod mod but you're still thirsty for more modular synthesis definitely go check out esoteric modulation and if you're a bukla head go check out source of uncertainty with uh little boy kyle kyle swisher dark sparkler and uh robert his uh, co-host uh, it's, it's it's pretty fun listen I, I enjoyed it and I know nothing about Bukla so I'm looking forward to learning more about that format as that show goes on um, they've already had Todd Barton on the show and the next guest is I, I can't say because I don't think it's going to be out by the time I release this but it's a big catch you're going to want to check it out um, also been having a lot of fun uh, some listeners are <laughs> sending me some really really goofy uh, photoshopped pictures with uh, those weird family photos that we, we actually talk about it a little bit in this episode but if you follow me on instagram you can see that i post some weird family photo stuff that looks kind of like a cult uh yeah if you want to do that 
please, please keep going. I would love to see that. Um, and Ben, Ben couldn't do a patch challenge because his stuff was all set up for demoing. Um, and this was kind of a last minute. Let's, oh, let's just do a podcast. So I thought what I could do is uh, I'm going to play my most recent um, Patreon subscriber uh, submitted patch challenge where I make I make the, uh, the patch based off of the words sent to me. So if you want to send me some adjectives and nouns and have me make a, uh, a patch for you, I will do that. If you go to patreon.com forward slash modular modcast. Um, yeah, just thank you so much for your support. It's been awesome. And... Uh, Getting a, getting a few new new Patreon subscribers every every few weeks or so, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been really cool. It's a fun way to interact. Uh, every once in a while, when I get some time and a boost of creativity, and I, I will do some some fun uh, bonus materials. It's it's not that uh, consistent because of the old day job, um, but you know, I'm doing my best. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? I don't know. Let's uh, let's check out a demo really quick. All right, we're gonna look at the expert sleepers, Disting Mark IV, and Recovery Effects Jupiter Spirits. Let me tell you a little bit about this Jupiter Spirits really quick. It's it's an oscillator, 12 HP, um, four independent voices uh, that produce a triangle and sawtooth waveform each, so eight total outputs, and each one of these voices has its own one volt per octave input, all in 12 HP. So it is. It's a very handy uh, utility oscillator, um, and it doesn't take up much space. So it's it's kind of becoming a very vital piece of my voice. And then, of course, I'm going to talk about the uh, the Disting Mark IV. I'm going to show uh, one of the the newish algorithms from it. It's from the 4.10 firmware update, but we we just recently got 4.12. So we've got some really really cool stuff coming out of Expert Sleepers. Um, I suggest you go to the website and check out. There's all sorts of new uh, sampling and uh, uh, delays that involve SD cards, so you can get really, really long delay times. Um, but I want to show you this vowel filter really quick. All right, so let's take a listen to what's going on. I got this Jupiter Spirits running two saw waves into the dual vowel filter, and then from the dual vowel filter into a uh, Tom Evans Stereo VCA out from the VCA into a Chronoblob 2, and then out from the Chronoblob 2 delay into another Disting Mark IV, which is uh, providing us with the reverb. And I'm using the Turing machine for pretty much most of this. I'm using the sequence um, for the, the melodic sequence, and then I'm also triggering a, uh, an ADSR with that sequence to uh, change the the vowel sound, and uh, also using it to open and close this uh, this VCA. So the dual filter uh, is a set of the dual vowel filter, rather, is a set of three bandpass filters, um, and it's used to mimic the response of the human vocal tract, resulting resulting in vowel-like sounds. Um, Depending on what kind of source material you feed it, uh, i.e. wave shape and whatnot, you're going to get different reactions. So it's actually pretty versatile in that effect. Um, 
the the algorithm the algorithm can be used uh, as a dual mono effect or a stereo um so that's pretty fun and in stereo you can actually use the same voice and have the two outputs be different vowels and you have 10 different parameters to choose from as far as vowels go so you can kind of get that ah, e, a, u, um, sometimes why well all the time why um god that was a stupid joke um and yeah you can use the the z knob to uh go in between these these vowel sounds and you can also use cv so right now i'm using cv to kind of mess with it but let's let's turn this knob so the cv reacts a little differently uh, so i'll turn the z encoder now it's a little bit more pronounced there all the way to the left. So you can hear the, the character of those vowels has changed. What's really fun about this reverb is you can do, um, you can control the wet dry with CV. So let's turn this, turn that down, and then we'll put a, a uh, let's put a math slope into there. Yeah, you can kind of get that fever dream sound going. I love this reverb on the the disting. So yeah, pretty simple stuff, but highly effective. Please go to recoveryeffects.com to learn more about the Jupiter Spirits and uh, expertsleepers.co.uk to learn more about all these firmware updates. Uh, really cool stuff. Oh, yeah, and the uh, Chrono Blob 2 from R8 Devices. Such a fun module. Is this, um, just let me know, is this Ben rambles about UK infrastructure, the start to the podcast, or do you want to start <laughs> it with can something be. else? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, have you been recording? Uh, I've, I've just hit record. I didn't catch all of it. Okay. Well, okay. Well, then we'll ramble about something else. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. It feels, weird to, it feels weird to switch gears into podcast mode after we've just been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. Um. <laughs> yeah, I have that effect. I'm, <laughs> I'm just draining you of all your energy. No, man, we, we've been, for people listening, I, I'm coming out to Seattle in the end of September into October, and we've just been having a, a good chat about uh, just ideas and stuff to do, and I was rambling about roads here in England, and yeah, fun, fun stuff. <laughs> 
Um, well, you know, I had some ideas about what we could talk about because I thought, you know, I've, I've been having some repeat guests lately, which I actually think is cool because the first time everybody's on, we have to get like the background, you know, yeah. and, and do the interview thing. The second time around, especially with you and I, because we, you know, we we email regularly and sometimes we just Skype and don't record it just yeah. you know just to chat so this this can be just more of a, a hangout and i think for people who are fans of either or both of us it might be i don't know might be interesting to hear us just fucking wax poetic <laughs> about whatever i'm um, not sure how poetic <laughs> i'll be um my bradfordian <laughs> tongue but um no <laughs> but no it's, it's great and i've really enjoyed those shows um and you know i don't just say this to kind of blow smoke up your ass i've enjoyed those mm-hmm. shows where people have come back on and the, the the not that the atmosphere wasn't right the first time round, but you're right. The kind of it's a different vibe to the show. It's a different kind of hangout going on. And we have spoken at length longer than the show will be before we started anyway. <laughs> right, right. So we kind of and something in. else I was yeah. And I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I hope the audience doesn't get like kind of bummed out that they see some some familiar names. But then I just kind of thought about myself as a listener to some of my favorite podcasts and. You know, there are podcasts that I've been listening to for a number of years, and there are certain people that I love having on that show. So, like, a repeat guest is often something that I'm more excited about. So, hopefully, that kind of translates over into our audience. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of meta. We're talking about we're talking about you, the person listening right now, about how you'll receive what you're hearing, and I'll probably cut this part out. But so we were we were. <laughs> We were emailing about, you know, what what should we talk about? And I thought it'd be kind of fun to maybe maybe switch gears and not talk about modular stuff the whole time. Um, and, you know, we were kind of going back and forth. What could we talk about? And we never really nailed anything down. I thought it would be fun to get to get some sort of strange, not strange, some what's a weird experience or something from childhood that was strange and you couldn't think of anything. So I thought maybe I would give you an example of what I was talking about. I'll share a little thing with you okay. and just see if that sparks anything in your head. I mean, I'll start with something. I'll start really quickly with something embarrassing just to open it up to, oh, okay. yeah, Ben's willing <laughs> okay. to talk about him being an idiot. Um, <laughs> I did want to be slashed from Guns N' Roses at one point in my life, and I did order. I only ever played one gig. I did order some leather pants. <laughs> oh, man. I thought you were going to say you got a top hat. No, I didn't go top hat. The leather pants probably aren't that embarrassing, but it, it kind of was when yeah. I was like 13. Um, oh, man. If you have pictures <laughs> of 13-year-old Div Kid Ben in his slash leather pants, that would be... I was slim, man. I'll say it. Like, compared to now... <laughs> ju- don't take this as egotistical. Take this as judging for uh-huh. what, how I look now. I was a good-looking kid. <laughs> in comparison to now... I have not, there isn't any that I haven't matured like a fine wine at all. And I'm not that old either. Um, no, I was, I was, I went, I was a lot slimmer at one point. There's videos of me where people are like, damn, like I, I've been really up and down kind of with my weight to, to uh-huh. well, for a long time, really. Um, I had long hair, way, actually. I had a Jesus look going on at one point. Oh, um, shit. Really long hair. And then I looked like one of the Beatles for a while because I didn't want to cut it all off. But I didn't, uh-huh. and it just kind of wrapped around my face a little bit. Beatles, like, <laughs> yeah, I look like an idiot. <laughs> oh man, I, I gotta show you. I think I've posted on Instagram some of my like senior pictures where I basically look like my, I a cross those. between like Limp, Limp Biscuit and a boy band or something with my 
super hard spiked hair. So yeah, we all we all have those stories. I love those pictures um, you do where it looks like some kind of weird <laughs> middle America family photo shoot. Like I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I have purposely kind of not talked about it on the show because I just I love like some people don't don't they don't know it's a joke some people don't know that's me and my wife they think i'm just posting weird pictures um but i'll tell this what we did is we have a friend we have a a group of friends here that we're all we all like to do um kind of weird interesting art projects for each other for their birth our birthdays yeah and so for this one particular friend we thought it would be funny if we got family photos you know, okay. at, at J.C. Penney, there's a store, there's this department store here in the States called J.C. Penney. And it's been w- very well known for like 80s and 90s family portraits that are just totally cheesy. Um, so we thought it'd be funny to just like do our hair super weird. And then it kind of spiraled into this thing where we we made a fake cult and we even made a fake <laughs> pamphlet on the cult. And we gave ourselves backgrounds and and uh, bios and all that. And the pictures are just too fucking funny to not like put out into the world. So I just like to randomly post them, and I've kind of created this lore that they are Patreon subscribers from some weird cult. Yeah, man, that's um, great. We had <laughs> my friend Andy that I started DivKid with, um, still friends, but he's just no longer involved with DivKid. When I started making modular videos, I asked him, you know, we've got this really ugly, stupid character can i run with it or do you want me to start a new project name and we'd kind of stop making music together at that point just lives and work had taken us to different things and he was like yeah run with it so DivKid is entirely me if people see anything that says ben and andy but um andy was very much the start of it when we were just making dance music but anyway we st- at uni we started a project there were loads of kind of what we'd call like indie bands like kind of soft pop guitar bands yeah. just terrible lyrics and it got a bit stupid like you know kind of sub-genres become parodies of themselves and then they kind of disappear they're not around for long there was this whole weird like pop indie thing in the uk for a while very british kind of bands and things and we started a band called moose knuckle that had a song (laughs) that had a song called um i probably love her more than she considerably thinks i do because like just (laughs) this weird just collection of just utter rubbish in the title but that's Uh the kind of stuff you were hearing (laughs) and we had this whole persona and managed to get people at uni saying to us man have you guys started a new band like we'd not done any gigs but we'd managed to just get enough out there to just get some people to believe it um i remember being in one of the classes we both studied music and some say yeah man there's this new band like at uni here like who's in moose knuckle and we were like yes <laughs> we've done it we never did anything like we should have recorded that song we did there is probably on like a super old probably the first phone with a camera on but not a smartphone old nokia phone like videos of us kind of toying around with songs and stupid ideas but i can't find any of those i like the the, fake, oh, the backstory awesome. i like having before the project's even launched you have the whole backstory you know who their fake parents are you know where they uh, live <laughs> i love it yeah yeah I, I need to get that pamphlet and somehow put it online so people can can read about it because uh we we really we really uh my friend david lutz actually is one of my good friends who got me into modular he kind of he kind of spearheaded the whole the whole cult aspect, and then we all ran with it. And he he came up with uh, the <laughs> the thing we're into is called conduicity um, or transcendental groping. Right. Okay. 
<laughs> so there's all these pictures of him with like his hand on my forehead and stuff. <laughs> oh, it's fucking funny shit. But it's gonna offend um, someone the, somewhere. We're gonna be upsetting yeah, someone yeah, somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> I was yeah. I was thinking. I was like, maybe I shouldn't say that, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. But so the story I was gonna try and lead with because I think it would be kind of funny to. I don't know. I just want to see what, if this sparks anything for you. Okay. If not, we can move on. But so when I was a kid, my dad got into karaoke. And back back in the, the, uh, the early days of karaoke, they were, they were they basically vinyl-sized laser discs. Yes. Um, so you had this yeah. weird. And, and so my dad still has this same machine and those same, like, early 90s. Like, so we'll still have parties of doing karaoke. But... When I was a kid, living in this small town called Roslyn, there was probably, you know, three or four hundred people in the town. There was this this bar slash restaurant called The Miners, because it's a coal mining town. And my dad always wanted to be a singer in some capacity. And so the, they started doing karaoke at this bar, and he became friends with the owners. And <laughs> so what he did, he started... They started doing what they were calling dinner shows, where they would sell tickets. They would close down the restaurant. Unless you had a ticket, you couldn't come. And my dad would build a set list of (laughs) karaoke songs, and he would put on kind of like just like a show. He'd walk around the tables and sing to people and stuff while they all had their their meals, and they'd do the lighting low and stuff. And uh, his name is uh, Jim Gordon. I'm actually Tim Gordon. So he, he went by Jimmy G., and <laughs> there's a song by uh, Garth Brooks called Thunder Rolls. And so my dad decided to take that as his, um, his, his like tagline like or something. Song. <laughs> well, he wouldn't, even, I don't even know if he did the song, but when he introduced, and this happened for years to where, and I saw so many people were just so confused by it. And it just embarrassed me so much. My dad would walk up and introduce himself to people. He'd be like, Jimmy G, Thunder Rolls. And people, <laughs> what the f- what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Jimmy G's so, was a that, series of kids like play groups or play centers in the UK. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know who you're on about. I don't know this song. I don't think it's an English thing. I didn't make it over here. Garth Brooks? I don't know Garth Brooks. Really? Oh, if you he's can like hear me typing, famous... I'm searching right now. Yeah. Uh, I know the face, actually. I do know the face. Yeah. But. It's crazy. He still sells out like um, stadiums. I think I think he sold out a stadium in Ireland or something, which kind of blew me away. Um, but he's a very strange guy. If you want to look, if you want to look at like what like maybe a possible serial killer is like, go to his Instagram. He's <laughs> he could have been a series been on Dexter. Way too, yeah, yeah. He's been way too famous for way too long. And so a part of this whole karaoke thing was my dad also had a thing called uh, kids karaoke, where he was, he was on Sunday morning, and they would try to get you know the community to bring their kids out. Unfortunately, the only kids that ever showed up were me and my sisters, and so there'd be like old people there wanting to watch little kids sing songs, and they would make me, so I would sing Hank Williams' Lovesick Blues, um, a really old country song, and I hated it. He made me do it, but yeah, so there's there's my karaoke story. I don't know if that sparks anything. No, I have no karaoke stories. I mean, just to speak to family a little bit, um, well, my dad was forced into playing trumpet by his dad, my granddad. So there was no push. I didn't have to get up and sing karaoke, nor did I have to learn an instrument, um, <laughs> which I kind of wish they would have done. I was like, man, I wish you'd have pushed me into this when I was like four or five. And I don't, you know, I don't begrudge my parents for not being pushy. 
um, they were great, super yeah. supportive. But I almost wished when I was like 12 and 13, like, man, I wish I had like seven years in this already. Like I'd be killing it now. Um, yeah. Then, But no, that wasn't a thing. I used to dance around to, um, it was when this song was in the film Highlander with, our, with everyone's best friend, Mel Gibson. Um, Queens, Who Wants <laughs> to Live Forever. Like I was a massive Queen fan as a kid. Um, my mum had a great record collection and Queen was on. Every like other week or other weekend we'd put on, it'd be like vinyl, just put loads of vinyl on and I'd dance around the room. And I was all at that, that age where I was a bit too embarrassed to kind of dance around, but my sister was still into it, like when my grandparents were there and stuff. So that was a bit weird for a while, but I wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> like being forced to sing karaoke in front of everyone. Um, she's lo- Wait, Mel Gibson was in Highlander? Yeah, I think so. Are you, are, really? Are you, I thought it was... Uh, all right, now I got to look that up. Matt, I'm doing it now. Highla- <laughs> okay. Um, Highlander movie, that that was... Um, what's his name? Um, t- uh, is that... Fuck, what was his name? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think it was Mel Gibson. I know he was in Braveheart. Uh, is that why I'm... No, I might be... Yeah, I've got these wrong. I made myself look stupid. Yeah, Braveheart. <laughs> so what's okay. Highlander? With... Which film's Highlander? Highlander. Well, there was a there was a TV show called Highlander, and I'm trying. I cannot remember this guy's name for the life of me. No, no, that, um, no. Mel Gibson in Highlander, 1995. Oh, really? Epic war film, co-produced and starring Mel Gibson as William Wallace. Um, oh, you guys, you guys were called Highlander then, because yeah. it's called Braveheart here. Uh, okay, that's there, why I looked up Braveheart and was like, oh yeah, I know that film, and then I've just put Highlander in, and I'm like, yeah, that's the one I'm on about. Yeah, it'll be, it must be that one of those weird like cross territory things where it had a different name. It must be because there was a Highlander, there was a Highlander um, movie series or a TV series here, um, and then there was a movie, a couple movies made out of them. Sean Connery was in them. Um, uh, okay. Well, hey, we just learned something. Yeah. About the difference. <laughs> what else is different over there? Um, I don't know. Thinking of weird experiences, though. <laughs> um, one of the weirdest experiences was. Um, playing in around the Baltics, um, Poland, up in Lithuania, Latvia, um, playing a uh-huh. festival out there of a band. And we kept crossing the border with Belarus, which was like still like Soviet military checkpoint at the time. Oh, shit. Um, and I was completely sober on the way there. Maybe I was a little bit hungover on the way back. Other members of the band had had other illegal substances so they were really tripping like like crazy but what they do every time we'd pull over and they'd want to look at passports they'd just rest like an ak-47 pointing at the driver on the like edge (sighs) of the car door like wind the window down and they would rest the gun on the door facing inwards and you were like there's a fucking gun pointing at me this is crazy um and it was weird like bits of across bits of that i mean it was I don't want to speak down to a country that I know nothing about, but bits of it were beautiful, bits of it were bleak, and then there were these military checkpoints, and that was super weird. That was a weird experience. That sounds, yeah, that sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah, um, weird when, def- well, the, 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 the singer that was a little bit worse for wear, should we say, was just absolutely going crazy. And then on the way back, we, we'd pulled up in some forest somewhere, like everyone just needed the toilet. It's like, right, we'll just pull up. We're miles away from anything everybody out kind of thing and then we were hearing like what sounded like twigs snapping but they were branches we were like there's some 50 foot seven ton monster in that forest because this sounds like (laughs) a tree being knocked over it's not just a twig 
And then we got back and we were looking and they were like, all oh, right, there's black bears in that part of the woods where we drove through. We probably shouldn't have wandered off in the middle of the night in the pitch black. Um, what they could probably smell was the singer was Lithuanian and she'd met her mum out at this festival and she gave us this massive basket of cherries. I'm talking like, oh, you'd pay yeah. like $50 or more for it, just huge. And we were like, you know we're all flying back and we can't, what are we going to do with it? It's gorgeous, fresh fruit grown herself or by a neighbor or whatever we're like we can't eat that many no we couldn't eat that many cherries in a year between us like i don't know what <laughs> why we were given this stuff and it was probably that we were probably attracting wildlife just through the sheer amount of produce that we had in the car <laughs> uh, and we got to the airport and we were like do we just leave it we're like the car rental they were like yeah they'll bin it or they'll leave it or they'll eat it whatever um so we just told them we were like hey there's a lot of fresh food in there we can't take it to england enjoy it it probably went in yeah and bears love yeah they love fruit so yeah they're probably smelling those and um yeah you're, you're lucky you got away there black bears are pretty fierce i uh i worked for the forest service here in washington in the northeast corner um and uh, i worked there for two summers in a row doing uh archaeology and i saw 30 bears in one summer they were all from the vehicle when we were driving up these dirt roads but um I actually have a bear, a black bear skull that I've had for almost 10 years. I'm holding it in my hand right now. It's one of my prized possessions, but it's pretty, pretty brutal looking. That's crazy. Um, it might have been brown bears, yeah. actually. I mean, if someone wants to roast me for getting the animals wrong. Well, black bears can be brown. So uh, Okay. When I was, yeah. you know, a little bit inebriated and um, several gigs into a <laughs> messy tar sleeping in a van. Um you, you people can slip me on it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that also makes me think of when I was a kid. My my uncle used to he had he had a son who's a, a year and a half younger than me. He'd take uh, me and then our my older cousin. He'd take us out on like hiking and camping trips, and it was always fun during the daytime. And he would tell all these he he has all these ghost stories and and Bigfoot stories, and those were all great when it's daytime and riding around the car and then as night would fall, I would start remembering those Bigfoot and UFO stories as I have to sleep in the tent out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. Um, but there was one, we were rolling into Montana at Glacier National Park, which is like grizzly bear haven. And we're rolling in there and we see a big sign at the campgrounds like, turn on this radio station. And there's like this giant grizzly bear on the station and we turn it on and it was basically like, as a kid, what I heard was, you're going to get eaten by a grizzly bear tonight, no matter what you do. Well, that's what um, I think, not being around <laughs> grizzly bears. I'm like, man, I'm going to come to Seattle. Tim's going to show me like some nice nature, and one of us is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't have to worry about that. <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll, bring my, uh, I'll bring my hatchet and walking stick. We'll be fine. Um, no, but yeah, if out there it's so crazy. You can't even have, like, if you have, like, a stick of gum... You know, or like a, a Gatorade bottle with a drop left in it. They can sniff that out. And so you have to hang, you have to get what's called a bear canister, which is like this, I don't know, two gallon container with an airtight lid. And you have to stuff all of your food into that, put the lid on, and then hang that up in a tree away from your campsite. Yeah. So when those are the precautions you have to do to go to bed and you're, you know, you're, 10 years old out in the woods <laughs> you're not getting a wink of sleep especially when you're waiting for bigfoot or the and aliens to come as well so that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> full-on combo <laughs> bigfoot bears and aliens <laughs> 
Yeah, I, uh, I think that's why. I remember, you know that that book, Communion, or they made a movie about it with Christopher Walken. It's like a, a quote-unquote true account of an alien abduction. No. No, I don't know. It's pretty terrifying. It's 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 a it's a good read. Um, but we were listening to that audio book, and I look back and I'm like, man, my uncle who he's got he's the one who gave me like my my love of nature and hiking and camping, and got me into music. And he's still a close friend. Um, but I look back and I'm like, man, I wouldn't have been showing my my nephew of that age all this scary shit. <laughs> no, it's full on. It's full on. I'm, I mean, I've seen programs of it, and I've seen programs of um, you know bears attacking cars, and then. You know, elsewhere around the world, you leave yeah a half of the air crisp left in a bag or a potato chip or whatever you want to call it, and, uh-huh. and there's 17 monkeys in the car. By the time you get back, they've yeah. ripped the thing to shreds. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't really have anything to worry about out there as far as like big scary animals and poisonous stuff, right? No, I mean a bull if you're walking through some farmer's fields or something, but <laughs> no, nothing's really poisonous. Um, no, we've, we're fairly isolated and probably quite soft <laughs> compared to the rest of the world. <laughs> we're not kind of hardened by, yeah, abduction stories and Bigfoot stuff. I can't think of anything, yeah. really, in the wild. We've nothing yeah, too the, dangerous. Yeah, what about, like, what are, are there any good uh, urban urban myths from, from where you're at? Like, um, I mean, like, sen- newspapers would sensationalize, like, this giant rat in one of the, like, more run-down estates for a couple of years. Uh-huh. That was a thing as a kid. Like, man, have you seen the giant rat? And, it, you know, no, nah, it's rubbish. There isn't a giant rat. Like a rat as big as a pig kind of thing. And you were like, no, it just oh, doesn't geez. exist. And there was this, like, really zoomed-in <laughs> picture of this rat in a field, and you were like, well, there's no perspective there. They've zoomed in and made the rat look as if it fills the full frame of the picture. And I'm like, but you could right. just snip that off of a Google image. Even as a kid, I was like... But nothing shows me that that's a big rat. It just looks like a rat. Yeah. Um, you need you need something for scale. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like you couldn't make out like how long the blades of the grass were or anything to, to judge it. I can't think of many urban myths. Um, I remember there being a thing at school of people saying that drug dealers were putting in needles underneath the chairs in all the cinemas so you would get pricked by something as you sat down and I even, and I remember being like, why? Like, why would that be a thing that they would do? Right. And why would they leave <laughs> probably quite valuable drugs randomly splashed across every seat or p- pinned under every seat or yeah, random rubbish, like nothing of any interest. Um, we had similar stuff like that and it was probably around the same time of like just, just kind of the over here stateside, the Reagan era of the war on drugs was just, it's insane to look back on, you know, like it, you can't smoke pot because they're going to put heroin on it to get you addicted to heroin. It's like, they're not going to give you free heroin. They're not going to no. put cocaine on your weed. Like, so that was the big thing is like to try to keep you from smoking pot, everything was laced. Um, and then there was, I, I don't know if you guys had this for like, do you guys do like Halloween, like trick or treating, anything kind like that? Kind of. It's getting. I don't mean this like I'm judging the way it is in America to be bad, but it's getting way more kind of Americanized. Um, okay. We didn't really yeah. use to, and it's becoming a much much bigger thing in the last I don't know ten years or something. Okay. Yeah. So it's a huge thing here. Obviously, getting dressed up, walking around your neighborhood, and if there was this, there was this urban myth that that uh, I don't know if it was Satanists. Um, 
but people were putting razor blades in the middle of apples. So yeah, when kids we bit got into that an one. Apple, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it never happened. It never once happened. And people were injecting candy with drugs and stuff to, to, and poison to kill people. So I remember we would get our candy and, you know, for a while there, you'd dump it out on the table and, like, my parents would inspect the wrappers. And it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, fucking the fear-mongering thing is, yeah. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. We, we had probably a ton of stuff like that that I've just tuned out, but nothing eventful yeah. anyway. <laughs> So what do you guys, I mean, let's not go too far on this, but we are taking, like, most of us over here in the States are, have been taken captive by Donald Trump. We hate, like, we hate him. Like, what is it like looking at from the outside? Is it like, do, are we being perceived as people who like him or, or is it clear that everybody here pretty much hates him? It's clear that he's not popular. I mean... I don't, we can ring back around to it. I don't mind giving some opinion and maybe someone not agreeing with me. I did make that Make Logic Great Again video, and there was just one guy uh -huh. that was like, you're not even in America, you don't understand. Stick to, like, stop with a clickbait. And I was like, it was supposed to be clickbait. The whole thing was this stupid... It's the div kid face with a red Trump hat on that says Make Logic Great uh -huh. Again. I was deliberately not provocative, just trying to have a bit of, a, bit of fun with it. I mean, my take on the Trump thing is largely like my take on the Brexit thing. You guys must just be right. embarrassed. Like I'm in, I feel so bad. Like yes. being in Berlin and, and it's such a good vibe and all these people from all over the world for Superbooth and I'm, it's embarrassing to be like, yeah, yeah, we're in a bit of a state. But then you talk to other people at various countries around the world and yeah, they're in various states as well. It's not a unique yeah. thing that we've got this kind of shit storm that is Brexit and you've got Trump. Um, there's other things going on all over. But yeah, I don't get the impression that um, people are that into him. I mean, it's it's strange. And there's this whole weird thing with like Nigel Farage with us that came over and Trump saw him, the leader of a not real opposition party, before he actually met our prime minister when he came into office and all this weird kind of stuff that goes on between them. Um, and he's, yeah. and Farage is just a venomous, genuinely poisonous person that, I think is a real danger to a lot of us. Um, yeah. I imagine you lot largely feel the same about Trump. 100%. I, I, this, this is, this is certainly hyperbolic and I say it with, with, you know, a, like a snide comedic slant, but I feel like our next election, either humans are going to be around for like 50 more years or humans are going to be around for maybe like 500 more years, depending on who wins the, the 2020 election. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It feel, I think uh, a lot of people just feel helpless whichever way it is. And I think we're in a situation where I imagine, I don't know that much about it, and, you know, I, I don't well at all, really. Those that voted for Trump probably aren't happy either. Those that voted for Brexit largely aren't happy either. Um, yeah. So it's not... The majority of them. Yeah, so it's not... Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you factor in those that didn't want those people in power, plus the ones that now aren't happy with how it's turned out. There's a huge majority that just do not want what's going on around yeah. the world. I'm, I'm just worried that he's gonna just be like, even if he loses, he's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna leave. And then it's gonna be, well, what do we, what do we do now? There's some kind of siege <laughs> at the White House. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting. And he's all right. Let's get off of that topic. People don't come here for that. But um, I just, it's just kind of curious to talk to somebody outside looking in. Well, just and flip it around. I, what do, what does Brexit look like? 
everybody pretty much thinks it's the exact same thing. Like, oh, some people wanted it, but the people who wanted it didn't know what they wanted and didn't know exactly what they were getting into. And it kind of happened and no one, it seems like no one knows what the fuck it really is or if how it's supposed to work and if it's going to work and if it's even going to happen. But that most people in the country are like, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's probably sums it all up. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, hopefully we all make it through. Um, Just be good to yeah. each other. You know, whatever your views are. I, I met a friend that I've not seen for a while last night, and we were just, the general theme, we weren't like on some higher plane of preaching to each other, but we were like, man, life's too short for any kind of bullshit. Let's just be nice to each other and yeah, know, just push away anything that isn't doing you any good. I, I'm relatively lucky with how my life is that I've managed through not really caring what most other people think, push out any kind of real negativity. I'm, I'm fortunate, really fortunate, that I'm not getting much pushback or grief from much in my life. Okay, because I was gonna, I was gonna try and segue what we were just talking to into a question about that. Being with as much as attention you get, and as how and and as active as you are, you know, on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram which all seem like completely different worlds to me by the way. Yeah, they I was going to see what kind of how what kind of negativity you you face cuz at a certain point you're just going to. You know like I'm I'm certainly not. You know I've I've come quite a way. Ugh, my voice is cracked. I've come quite a ways since I started the show and I feel like every time I kind of level up or whatever there's always like I'll, I'll get maybe some slightly negative stuff but it's very rare. It's very rare. But I feel like at your level there's got to be some shit posting or something so i'm happy to hear that that's not happening to yeah, you too much i mean a little bit but i mean a lot of this stems from um i'm happy with my partner and the kid and i'm happy just being sat in this room on my own i'm not so happy staring into final cut for the amount of hours that i do every week editing video <laughs> but i love what i'm doing like, i'm really fortunate to be doing something that i love and it to, to help and support the family with it but I largely don't really care. I mean, it does bother me sometimes, some things, but I don't get much flack for anything. I'm pretty open and honest about everything with people. I kind of lay my intentions out. Or I hope I do. Or if people, it's not clear and someone gets in touch, then I hope it is once they've asked me a direct question. We did. I was just going to say one interaction with you, and, and it's, it is clear. Like you, you, I'd hope so. Yeah, I think people, most people know. Yeah. I mean, I know you wanted to touch on it. I'm not trying to segue to that sooner than the conversation naturally does but chatting with ed from um, esoteric modulation earlier and we were on about something different and he was like when you're a nice person or a good person or however you want to frame it it's just harder to lie and be off and negative with people so it's harder for me to try and be cagey or shut things down or not be open about what's going on why i don't really see the benefit i'm maybe too open to my detriment sometimes maybe people that don't have the kind of approach that i do would i don't know try and take advantage of something yeah, i've told not, them or i don't know but you're not going to get yourself into anything you don't want to be in by being that way though so if you sure you may miss a quote-unquote opportunity in some regard if you're too open or whatever especially with dealing with companies and stuff but like i would rather miss out on an opportunity if that you know because of you know being an you know honest and and trying to approach it the way that I want to do it, then get into something that maybe I'm not comfortable with because I had to dress something up and not not a lie, but maybe like put on some sort of I don't know influencer face or something like that, you know? Yeah. So I think and it, I think it's ultimately 
good, way better. Yeah, the way you're running it. I mean, things would be different if, like, we were struggling as a family. You know, and I don't mean like we're right. well off. We live a super humble life. Our outgoings are super minimal, um, but we just enjoy what we have. Um, you know, my partner, for example, Megan, um, she didn't go back to work. She worked full time when she fell pregnant. We were like, yeah, definitely take the full year off with a kid. I was quite adamant. I mean, if she wanted to go back to work, I wasn't pushing her in any way. But I was like, I would love for you to take the full year off. The maternity here, you don't get paid for the full year. And we were like, we'll, just, we'll work it out. Just that first year of the kid's life is important. And it looked like as we were getting through it that she might not have to go back to work and still hasn't. And that just amazes me. So I'm just happy to live with like nothing for myself for the most part. And that's great. People will look that's at this great. and go, well, he's got a ton of modules, but <laughs> that's kind of part and parcel of the work. But generally, and that to be, that does shun a lot of this stuff. You know, I'm sent stuff to work with all the time. So that takes away some of the gas that certainly that I had when I got into this, I think I'd still be deep into wanting to spend a ton of money with all the new stuff coming yeah. out. But that, that, and then the fact that we just kind of have this humble little life we do, um, I, I joked earlier that the city I'm in with you, uh, we talked about it's often voted the worst city to live in. And uh, <laughs> yeah, my house was a lot cheaper for being like 500 meters up the road from being in Bradford rather than in Leeds. Hell of a lot yeah. cheaper. <laughs> but I can yeah. I can see what's classed as the nice expensive bit, which isn't nice and that expensive anyway, just because it's not a, a Bradford postcode. But, you know, stuff like that, we we live nicely, but I don't really get much flack. I think there's a little bit going on in the kind of creative world and YouTube, general keyboard warriors on YouTube, starting to get angry at creators for not disclosing what's going on sometimes. And the laws are catching up to this stuff now. And not them saying that creators are deceiving people or they're trying to hide anything or get one up on someone or they're trying to just be a shill or whatever you want to call it a lot of this stuff's like weird gray area but i have recently found an area in youtube that lets you mark a video as a sponsored like a product player sponsorship uh-huh so i've just started ticking that box for example and i thought ah you know i've, I've not done that because i didn't know it was there and are people going to be like oh div kids now just getting sponsored all the time which i was anyway like just to be clear this this is my job i, I get sent gear and and i sell a service i make a demo if i'm paid to do so um and that's yeah. I don't see how. Why, why do people get angry about exactly? I, I don't know if it's reviews. It just, I like, think because by default, and a ton of companies that I've had this conversation with will call what I do a review. Now, I had this conversation with Milo Melodies and a few other people recently, and and Alex Milo was. He said, you know, you shouldn't be paid to do a review because a review is here's what I like about it, here's what I don't like about it, here's some pros, here's some cons, here's some alternative products. So if you're being paid to be biased, to to be kind of... In, that's where the shill element comes in, I think. If you're being paid to be like, hey, this is the best filter ever, it does this, this, and this, mm -hmm. and you should definitely go buy it, then, yeah, I agree. You know, like magazine reviews, you buy... It might be a gardening magazine, but if they're telling you that that's the best trowel to work with small flowers, <laughs> they shouldn't be influenced by the fact that there is an advert by that same company that sells a trowel that's funding the magazine. So totally. I get it. I get that side of it. For me, though, and I, I, I think it's a really clear thing in that I try and just be like, here's what it is. I say I make demos or overviews. I don't say I do reviews. And I've been asked to specifically write reviews for Future Music Magazine that I do some other work with. And I've said, no, I don't want to have to 
give at least three pros and at least three cons and talk about competing products and where its relevance is to its price point and give a kind of, you know, score out of 10. I don't care. I I really don't want to go, yeah, I'd give this filter a seven because blah, blah, blah. Let the user make their mind up. I think, and if they can't and they just think I'm shilling, then they're maybe not the right kind of people to watch the videos, which sounds like I'm dismissing them and their views, but I just go, here's what it is. Here's how it sounds. Let's make a lot of patches. I can't help if some emotion comes out and I sound excited as I'm doing it. There's generally yeah. not that much bad gear out there. I mean, you must be finding this with, with demoing stuff for the podcast. That I was just going to say, yeah. Like, so people have known that I've kind of, you know, used you as kind of, um, you know, you're kind of a mentor or colleague in ways. And I have definitely taken a lot of cues from you. But I will say that one thing that we just naturally have in common um, as far as this stuff goes, I, I'm I'm an enthusiast. So I was kind of worried that when I started doing demos, I thought people were going to like get on me like, well, you're a sycophant. You say everything is good. But everything that I've got so far is good. Um, and I'm not in the business of telling you like something shit. So no. if I don't, if I truly got something I didn't like, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't review it. Well, there's that, or, I, or demo I, it because I don't review it either. But yeah, but but there's a lot of people I know that um, will say, yeah, I have had stuff I didn't like, and it didn't end up on their channel or their feed or their podcast, whatever it is. I don't know. I think if there's something I didn't like, and I'm genuinely struggling to struggling to find a module that I don't like, I don't have an example in the back of my mind. It's not that I'm not willing to name names. I genuinely can't just think, oh yeah, that module is really bad. Um, it, there's not there's kind of nothing to hide so even if i don't personally gel with it like it's super great uh, aggressive hardcore kick drums and i'm on like a really mellow 808 vibe that week it can still just be an objective thing and the same for you doing a demo you can still exactly. plug it in yeah. and be like here's a new delay let's throw some sims into it some drums here it is oscillating here it is feeding back here it is doing whatever here's how it responds to throwing lfos into it you're just sharing an experience and what something is Totally. And I don't want to have any sort of like, cause I think anything that I have to say about it that I guess that could be in a negative light is more of just like, like what you just said. It's like, it's just not something that I would use because I don't need that particular use. So that has nothing to do with that. That's no like value judgment on the actual module. So I get stuff to review. And if it's something that's not going to be in my toolkit as a musician, then it doesn't stay in the rack. It doesn't mean I didn't like it. No, it doesn't know? mean it's, it's just, not it's good. Not... It's like music. We can all appreciate a band or an artist or a, a produced piece of music and not like it. Like I've heard things and seen things either in the flesh as a performance or I've been involved in projects or had to master it or whatever that I've never listened to since I first saw it. But I can still really appreciate the craftsmanship or the professional ability or skill of a musician or the ear or the weird artistic approach that they had doesn't mean i have to listen to it you know there's genres of music that we've probably never listened to but you could still appreciate if someone was just super talented in that field absolutely 100 percent. so there's something i and this this will segue us into uh the podcast um some like so you you obviously still love what you do because you you keep at it so vigorously your, your your output rate is is crazy for somebody who also does you know stuff every week 
but my, I don't even do video. It's it's pretty amazing to see you do this with you know and with wife and kid and everything and balancing it all. So well, I'm super hard on off, myself. Good. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but in, there are people waiting for videos, and for, for any of those companies, I do apologize. Like I'm just absolutely slammed. Um, a mixture of saying yeah. yes to too much and not being able to manage my own time that well, and we're on about me leaving a bits of teaching work and just not having a good balance for a while. And I'm like, I'm on the kind of upward slope of catching up a lot this year. It feels like, but um, okay, well, that kind of had that kind of is in the vein of what I wanted to ask. And so like, you obviously still like it, but you're, you are, you are um, kind of, uh, you know, you, you, you have obligations to certain people. So that keeps you busy. But is, so you starting this new podcast with Ed Ball, uh, esoteric modulation, is this, is this scratching a creative itch that's been kind of nagging at you for a while? Or is this, I, I, I guess that's a leading question. Yeah, no, it, it's not. <laughs> it plays into all sorts. Ed asked me to do that podcast. We did a, I think we called it the pre-show special, like a first episode that's about our backgrounds and why the podcast exists. Very much Ed's baby. I'm not trying to take any credit for it. I co-host with Ed. And, you know, we, we do an even amount of editing to a degree. Um, Ed takes over a lot of the planning. Ed does more than me, really, but it, it's somewhat even in kind of, you know, no one person's in charge, as it were, but it's Ed. <laughs> I'll say it's Ed. He might, he might think it's uh -huh. more even than I do, but I don't mean that in a negative light. I like that Ed's got this great idea. He's had it since around October, and it was me holding him back, really. I had some questions. I wasn't sure. I didn't think I could commit to it. We thought about doing it every week, um, which is definitely not manageable every week for either of us. Ed's really busy as well. Um, and then eventually it all just seemed to sit and when I committed to Ed, in my mind, I'd properly committed to doing this show. And I think we re-recorded a, a show early on, maybe the first one even, I can't remember. We had some technical issue and there was something that just didn't quite sit right in the conversation or whatever it was. And he was like, oh, the reason he was pushing to not redo it was that he didn't want to waste my time. And I was like, well, no, I'm committed to it. We've got, I have, I've said yes at this point because I know I can fit this in and I want to do this show. It's, but... The reason I did it, well, it's several things. It's talking to people about this stuff. Because although Div Baby, Lana, likes to come and plug stuff, she's a thing for cables rather than knobs at the minute. She likes pulling cables <laughs> down and plugging stuff into sockets more than turning knobs. Um, although she'll come in and play with stuff she doesn't understand. My partner, Megan, doesn't really want to listen to me talk about this endlessly. And it's just not the same as talking to people on the internet and I'd love to have more time just to catch a, you know several people to have an hour a week or now even an hour a month like we speak first Saturday of every month uh -huh. for an hour or whatever it might be but we're all super busy we can't all fit that in those conversations turn into three or four hours because you've not spoke for ages and it just it just it's not conducive to getting any work done so framed around the show that Ed wanted to create it was a great chance to speak to Ed Ed was a Patreon supporter early on um, and just got asking me questions and I could see what he was doing and appreciated how he wanted to kind of come into this scene and his background as an artist. And yeah, I just wanted to go for yeah. it. as someone to talk to, a way of having, a way to be able to continue what I'm doing. I'd be lying if I didn't think it was beneficial. It isn't just entirely, oh, I get to talk to a friend for an hour. I'm I'm aware that it is kind of more exposure in a nice way, I don't. People might hear that and think, "Oh man, he's just on the marketing thing." I don't mean it like that, but it's it's a value to someone. 
you know, someone's just listened to us rant about aliens and me wearing leather pants. So <laughs> someone will listen to it. Um, and it's a way of kind of just spreading what we're doing nicely and hopefully having conversations that people are interested in. I'm certainly interested. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot from Ed did a great interview with Darwin Gross some time ago. I was going to suggest that. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're, that's how I found out about it. Yeah. Him. And I think you're going to potentially do one in the future as well with Ed. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's just a nice person to talk to. He's got this great idea of it being framed around um, things being esoteric, because the name of the show, uh, and just uh -huh. trying to find his way and what speaks to him artistically. And it helps me connect with that a little bit. I think that was one of the key things, that music has largely dried up outside of video demos. I haven't made any like media library TV stuff, which was a large amount of my work prior to modular videos for a long time now and it's a bit mm -hmm. so it's nice to connect with someone more connected on the artistic creativity side i do think there's some cr okay. creativity in making demos and actually a guest that we've got coming up we were talking about engineering being a creative thing and satisfying oh yeah they were a performer for a long time and music uh, for music and they're scratching their creative itch to their surprise by engineering and I am like, I get to, I, you know, I still see it in my mind as I get to make music as, as a living uh -huh. and, and something that I do all the time and enjoy. So, yeah, it helps me kind of connect on a creative way. I like being questioned as well. I do like some, like Ed's good at probing in questions and he makes me think about things a little bit differently sometimes. Yeah. Well, I really, what I really like about it, because I've listened to your, your, uh, you've got three episodes out now, yeah. right? Um, and and then uh, Kyle's got the source of uncertainty with Robert. Um, so now we have these these we have four four uh, modular based podcasts that are keeping regular with with Mylar's in there too. And I like that they're all they all seem to be standing on their own legs. And you guys are maybe quenching a thirst that people had while listening to the, to this show. Like oh this is cool, but I wish it was a little bit more like this. And I think I don't know what I really love about more modular podcasts coming on the scene is it's just gonna i think it's just gonna allow each individual podcast to become even more its own thing well it takes any pressure does off. that make sense yeah it does and it, it, yeah. it takes any pressure off of any one of us or anyone wanting to do anything to feel like this doesn't exist so i have to make this kind of show to appeal to the wider scene or, or the community or whatever everything just seems to ripen into its own thing and we're only three episodes in, and we're, we're still finding our feet. But mm -hmm. you've just it will naturally find its place without worrying about having to always have a guest or not have a guest or cover technical things or not, or cover the news or not be news relevant, you know, timely every week or every fortnight. So I think everything just finds its place. And I don't think people realise that... I don't know all the people that make YouTube videos or all the people that do podcasts... But a lot of us are just friends. We share a ton of stuff behind the scenes and it turns into that kind of friendship where um, Ross Lamon, who previously, not anymore, I'm sure he's still capable though, was making a ton of great cases. He's, he's stopped making cases now. And he said a while after I knew him, you realise that we'll see each other and we don't ever talk about Sims. It, it just blends into <laughs> something else. You know, it's all about uh -huh. family or some other interest or whatever it is with someone else or... There's various little group chats go on and we all talk to each other and share stuff. And it's just as supportive behind the scenes, I think, as people are 
you know the general listeners viewers that just kind of want to subscribe to someone's thing yeah and I, and I would like to think that that's why people like to listen to stuff like this is because they feel maybe feel like they're a part of something and and especially and and I've said this when when Kyle Swisher is interviewing me on episode 50 but just kind of seeing how you interact with people and how responsive you are has it made me feel like that's the way to go. So I try to I try to reply to all the emails I get and everything, and I encourage people to, to reach out. And that just makes it feel even more like because we can talk all day until we're blue in the face about this this community. I talk about it all the time, but how how I love you know how tight this this community is. But we got to be able to back that up when people. I don't know. I'm kind of I don't know what I'm trying to say now. No, I know what you I mean. I think I lost the thread. I know what you mean. And for me, you know, getting into modular, and I was it six years ago or something. Maybe a bit more than that now. I can't remember. I was making videos not long after, so we could find the first video and just add a bit of time backwards to when I got into it. But I'm not as into it as some people are, as long as. And, of course, in those years, it's really bloomed since. But everyone was just super supportive. It was just such a supportive thing. And I still think there's a really supportive core. However worried people are that this is going to get too big, the bubble's going to burst, I do like to think that there's a real strong core there now that won't disappear and it's just giving back yeah. it's just being good to people and trying to intentionally you know i got a video earlier i couldn't remember the guy's name if i wanted to but i wouldn't name and shame the guy just a patch that didn't work and he was like hey i've just got this module and i've got this plugged into this and english wasn't his first language and i don't speak any other language so it really couldn't help there's a bit of a language <laughs> barrier and it was just it was just a horrible, awkward situation of being like, I can't help this guy. Like I don't know what he's on about. Yeah. I can't decipher it. It was like a really poor quality, badly lit phone video. So I couldn't really see this little like fifteen second snippet it panned around the case of his phone. But you know, I just took five or ten minutes to just kind of go back through it a few times and buy it around. Cause people did that with me. That was just how it Yeah. It wasn't, you know, you could go back to being brought up that way by your parents or whatever, but the scene kind of brought me in that way as a user so it was just established from the offers that's how you are with people you know and mm -hmm. that's just and that's just carried on you know and it still is um i know you mentioned being responsive i'm super embarrassed by it but i am like way behind on emails again i do apologize <laughs> if anyone's listening um i will if that's the thing i will get back to absolutely everything even if it takes me a long time um yeah, I'm, I'm I'm the same way. I'm not the most punctual, and and sometimes I feel pretty bad about that. Like especially with inviting people to be on the show, for anyone listening that I have talked to about being on the show and that kind of just fell off. That has nothing to do with having you on the show. It's just my life got crazy, and then I just got behind, and I'm I'm trying to play catch up still. So yeah, I I totally get what you're saying. Well, that's where but the kind of struggle of it lies is being able to keep up with the admin involved as things get bigger. It's that struggle kind of you know i'm not saying i'm a business i mean technically legally it is i pay tax on what i'm doing but that struggle that businesses find where they need that second person and you're kind of not willing to give up you can't quite find the person that's going to care as much as you i could really probably do with some help to just i, I struggle managing the admin side of it because i feel like i just need to get through this work i set such a high barrier for my output and what i want to do I think I'm the one that's mm. most disappointed in me more than others are of me because I just set this super high thing Definitely, of I, yeah. I want to get five videos out this week. And it's like, but each video takes you more than a day. So that's physically impossible to put five up in the next five days. <laughs> like, but I try, you know, sometimes I make it. Um, yeah, yeah. And 
Yeah, I'm occasionally a, a day late on an episode. It's you know, it's not that big of a deal. No, but I, I know it. That's it's hard for me to step back, but it's something I've recently got good at is stepping back and be like, you know what? If your episode comes out on Tuesday instead of Monday, like no one cares as much as you do about that. No, you know, you've like, got to think. In my head, it just becomes this like, oh my God, I have to do it. And it's like, it's not that Yeah, big what's deal. the worst that's happened? That A few of the people that listen immediately, I mean, I never do. And I don't mean just to your show, to anyone. I'm about three weeks out on YouTube subscriptions for things that I genuinely mm-hmm. want to watch, isn't that I just subscribe to loads of stuff and get behind? Same with podcasts. I don't listen. I don't. I I know you put it up on a Monday because you say you do, but I rarely <laughs> see. You know, I might look on Tuesday. I might look on Wednesday. I might be right. four episodes behind. I might have caught right up and be thinking, "When's the next one coming?" All right, he said Monday. I'll have to wait till next week. But uh-huh. at most, someone was going to work that day and went, "Oh, I can't listen to Podmod on the way to work today." You know. Yep, and, and, and they could the day done. after. And then they get their coffee, yeah. and then it's yeah. done. And you they know, could they the don't day after. It, it doesn't matter. Um, right, right. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. Welcome to Meta Podcast Host <laughs> Talk. Is this interesting to anybody? I hope so. Um, well, so we're getting. I got to actually hop off here soon and, and get get going on recording another podcast. But um, before we go, just where like where what is the show? In a, in a nutshell, what can they expect from it? Where can they find it? How often does it come out? Yeah, All that. so um, Esoteric Modulation, um, hosted by Edward Ball. Um, he paints music, uh, throws a lot of paint around, an abstract artist, uh, co-hosted by me. Uh, the general framework for the show is that we'll, you know, quick hello, quick introduction. We'll have a new section, which is news about what's going on for us and kind of friends and colleagues. It's not a, it's not a new release show you know it's not news as what's happened that week it's really kind of what's going on a bit of an update for people um and then we'll have either modular or esoteric instrument hotspots wanted to talk about things trying to take an artistic as well as a technical slant on things um we pick out a band camp artist every show as well just to highlight the amount of great music and the kind of community that Bandcamp's fostered, you know, not having, it's really easy now, but not having to go through aggregators to be on download stores, you can just put your music up. So picking that out as well, we'll have guests on, which may, you know, somewhat skew the format of the show. Um, it's every fortnight, um, esotericmodulation.com. Um, same on Instagram, same on Facebook, and with free shows in. The next one, depending on which show goes out first, this or that, um, we have a really <laughs> special guest. That's all I'm willing to say on that one. Oh, sweet! But well, like we were super, we were super like, man, we didn't think we'd get this. This is ace. Um, and both <laughs> just at length discussed I know, the conversation we just I know what had. That feels like yeah, where you you talk to someone <laughs> else about the conversation you've had for longer than the conversation you just had. <laughs> we're like, man, this was great because he was talking about this and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, really good. You know, when I first started doing this and I would chat with people before I started recording, I used to like really lament the fact that I wasn't recording. And something's kind of flipped where I'm like, it's kind of nice just to have it's just like, it's just art. It's just, it's not, it's not, not everything is content. For a while there, I was just like, what can I record for more content? And I've kind of settled that down to be like, that's not what this is about. Um, no, well, that's kind of also but, just ringing back. I, I won't dwell on it too long. I'm, a, I'm aware time is an issue but that's part of doing this show as well yes it's content i'm aware it is i'm aware it's been in a different platform in a different area and all that kind of thing i'm, I'm aware of what business and marketing is I'm, I'm well aware of all that but it's just a chance uh-huh. to talk to someone about what we're doing and just sharing kind of passion about things and 
you know, I hope that comes across. It's it, yeah, serious. We take it seriously. We put a lot of time into it and edit in the show and things like that. But it's for me, yeah, it's not because the video is so content heavy. That's almost the thing I do that isn't content. Mm-hmm. Okay, right on. Uh, that makes sense, actually. And uh, it sounds like from the description of the show and from just my experience of listening to the show, it's certain that you do not come to PodMod for, um, you know, the structure. So if you want <laughs> something a little bit more structured, uh, I think I think it'll be a great show for you. So, so listener, if you haven't checked it out, please go do. And, and Ben, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I can't wait for Seattle. Yeah. It's going to be awesome when you come out. Yeah, we have a ton of ideas. So, People in Seattle, hit me up somewhere. Um, late September to October just ping me with ideas and stuff to go do that'd be really cool but yeah, Hell yeah. I, I should apologize I think I did this last time I came on I have this effect of, of um, <laughs> not that the show was a car crash but car crashing this thing into just <laughs> randomness I think I steer you in a bad direction sometimes <laughs> I had fun so, no, so I think that's I. all that it's matters. nice just to chat and I've really been enjoying <laughs> yeah. your content that's been like content your shows that have been like that as well just being a fly on the wall a conversation an open interview there's place for everything and i really enjoy it thanks man that's kind of what i want wanted the show to be from the from the beginning but when you're talking to somebody you don't know for the first time it's hard for that to be so again to the listener i hope this repeat guest thing is is cool because i love it um and i think it'll make make for some variation in shaking up the the format of the show yeah cool so right on, Ben. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop off because I got to talk to somebody else. They actually just messaged me and they're like, uh, are we still doing this? So <laughs> um, thank you so much again. And uh, until next time. Yeah, until next time. I, and there's no um, patch challenge, but I will fire over some patch tips. I enjoyed those in the previous episode of the show. Oh, yeah, that'd so, be awesome. I totally forgot in, about the patch challenge. Yeah, we got to talk. We got to ch- <laughs> until you started rounding up then, I thought, man, we're not going to do a patch challenge. I'm not so, I'm, oh, I'm totally hey, not well, set how up about to this? do it at all today. Or to, I, I'm, I'm well, totally slammed. Let me send some patch okay. tips over instead. For okay, some we'll do shows. that instead. I'll, maybe I'll do a patch challenge. Yeah, you do one. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Well, you have a good day, Yeah, man. cool. Cheers. All right, see ya. All right, let's check out my uh, PodMod Patreon patch challenge uh submitted by andy jacobs he gave me the words astral mistake those were fun words to mess around with and uh, if you would like to submit some words there is a tier that you can join at patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and uh, if you want to just help out the show in any way other than that you can go check it out there i very much appreciate the help and also we have some t-shirts left for sale um we might have missing sizes of one of the designs uh we're kind of running low so uh yeah go 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 pick over what's left and uh let me send you a shirt and if you got a shirt send send me a pic of you in the shirt anyways here's astral mistake
kid the sequel how about that braveheart stuff and highlander that's that was kind of funny um can't thank ben enough for being on the show can't wait to meet him in person when he comes out here to velocity october 5th here in seattle patchworks and modular seattle present it's a trade show it's a synth meet it's a you know it's a actual live show live podcast nathan moody r benny basic banahafar and so many more it's like it's such a stacked lineup. And uh, I keep saying that stacked lineup. It sounds kind of canned, but it's just like that's, it's just, that's what it looks like. It's just, it's just stacked. Um, I'm also, I haven't hurt myself really bad on a skateboard yet, so crossing my fingers. But if you're a, if you're a pod mod bod and you're also, you know, shredding some sick gnar out there on the verts, hit me up. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's fun. It's fun. Um, Nathan Moody, you want him to mix some, mix some stuff for you, master some stuff? Go check out obsidiansound.net. Mention me and get a discount. And also Needham Woodworks, N-E-E-D-H-A-M, Woodworks. If you want a fine, fee- a fine piece of furniture, seriously, the nicest piece of furniture you'll have in your house, go check out Needham Woodworks. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Until next week. <laughs>